What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Perfectly Blended Podcast, Season 4, Episode 16. Today's going to be fun. We have an interview that's coming up right now. Thank you so much for joining us on the Perfectly Blended Podcast. This podcast is for blended families, for couples that want to strengthen their marriage and want a brighter future. Perfectly Blended exists to break the stigma of divorce, drop the shame and guilt holding you back, and equip marriages to thrive instead of just survive. We believe all that is possible in this life is based on the power of Jesus Christ and his ability to restore us fully. Let's dive in. What is up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode. I am one of your hosts, Josh, here with the always gorgeous and beautiful Miss Christy. How are you, love? I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not seeing this on video, it's, that was funny. Very straight face. Other than that, how are you doing? I'm good. This whole month is for me. Well, in Jesus. <laughs> Won't you tell everybody in what Jesus. that's supposed to mean? Because it's Christmas month, okay? I'm so excited. All the Christmas shopping is done, except for a couple presents, and everything is wrapped and under the tree. Zuh. <laughs> Trees, zuh. Yeah, so, so you draw, You bought a... Um, <laughs> tell everybody about the sweater you bought. My new ugly Christmas sweater? Yeah, tell them. You were super proud of it today, trying it on. Yeah, so oh, I went to... because. I love wearing ugly Christmas sweaters. This is something that I've get. This is like the third or fourth year that I've really like embraced it. I absolutely love it. So the very first ugly Christmas sweater I ever got, it's so obnoxious and it's still my favorite. I haven't found one yet that I like better. It's super bright red and has like red and white stripes all down the sleeves. And it has these little gnomes <laughs> that have super tall hats going up it. And the hats have, you know, the balls that are sticking right out and they're all... Uh, glittery and stuff and then the gnome's little feet are actually like away from the shirt like they're sewn like actual little legs then you can like flick them like this <laughs> and the little legs can go around like this so it's still my favorite but uh this year i went and got josh and i ugly christmas sweaters and his is elf from the movie elf you know when he's like Santa! like that one and i have one with llama on it and <clears throat> the llama it's a big llama head and the llama is holding a present and the present it says put your drink in me and so <laughs> it's supposed to be now i'm assuming as a lot of you know josh and i are recovering alcoholics so i'm assuming it means alcohol but i mean there's a stigma in my brain around that so but i walked out i put it on and i walked out in the kitchen he was in the kitchen and i grabbed one of my little water bottle things and i looked at him and i'm like <laughs> And popping your hip out and stuff, being proud of that yeah. thing. <laughs> I'm like, I can put my water in here and yeah. carry it around. Or eggnog. <laughs> she picked me up one, like she said, and uh, fit like a tube sock. So that was super attractive. I'm like, not only is it an ugly sweater, it makes it an ugly Josh. So. No, I'm exchanging it. <laughs> yeah, that thing was like super tube sock tight on me. So that was pretty. I told you it looked small for a large. It, it, looked, it definitely was small. Yeah, I'm like, this looks really small, but I don't want to like get them an extra large and have you be like, why are you getting me an extra large? No, I, this thing fit like a double X needed to be had at yeah. this point. So, yeah. so I have to exchange it. So yeah. So Christmas season is upon us. Yeah. We are in officially in the month of December yes. and you can notice she is sitting with her Christmas cup. I just want to re drink hot cocoa and watch Christmas movies. And I'm not going to lie. I would rather be doing that right now <laughs> because I love this time of year. So, so much. And you really can't see it. You get it right to your face. You it wants to focus on my face. I'm really trying to back up so you can focus on it. Like, don't uh, hide our faces. Uh, no. Nope. Can't do it. Can't do it. Anyway, yeah. so I always, every night now, she has me make her hot chocolate. She likes hot chocolate made from scratch, the way that I make it. Because I use monk fruit sweetener instead of regular sugar, which is, uh, it's basically calorie-free. It's sugar-free, but it tastes exactly like it. So I make it from scratch on the stove. Yeah. So tonight I made her a double dose so she could have one for the show tonight and sit and enjoy her so good. hot chocolate. So tonight's actually going to be kind of fun. Uh, we actually have an interview that we're doing tonight. And today's show is really the interview of a stepmom. And what better person for us to interview 
than my beautiful wife. We had to put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> Stop my, well, some of us did. Okay. <laughs> some of us have. Yeah, I don't know the questions he's going to be asking. Yeah, That's so we're going to, I'm actually going to interview Christy today. And I feel like some of the questions are good questions. It's questions I feel like are relevant. Uh, it's questions that uh, we see on uh, online sometimes on these groups, you know, it's some of these things that people have that's going on. So I figured it'd be really awesome to be able to interview my wife, which is always fun. Hi, Miss Stacy, and be able to do that today. So I can't wait to give you your Christmas present, Stacy. <laughs> yeah, Stacy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my wife and her Christmas season mm. of all things. It's like we have to have a billion dollars for our children for Christmas. I know it is getting really bad. Like each year, it's getting like more and more and more. It's 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 it is bad. It's not getting bad. We used to have a it's budget bad. about three or four years ago, probably four years ago. We have one every year, but no, I mean where it was two hundred dollars. I like it early, please. She said two hundred dollars per kid was our budget. Was her budget? Yeah, it's bad. We're going to have to file bankruptcy. Next year, I'll be better. <laughs> she says that every year. Let's just be honest. Remember this next year, okay? You've paid attention. Now it's video it's recorded. Record, it's recorded. <laughs> it's going to be on the internet, so it'll be live for everybody to say, she's a liar. <laughs> liar, sit down and throw the lies. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for today, okay. I have a few questions. Okay. okay and a you- lot of you that know me, this is kind of scary, and he knows me very well, too, but a lot of times, you ask, okay, all the time, you <laughs> ask me a question- and you want, you like, I want an honest answer. You ask me a question and it just kind of just, like, just falls out of my mouth. So. Yeah, don't hold back. Of, no, I know. It's kind of scary. Yeah, Because I don't back. know what kind of. So I hope he pre- prepped for that. Oh, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I know oh you. Oh, my gosh. I know you well enough to where I'm, I'm okay with that. I want that. We're looking for raw answers here. So No. I want to be politically correct. For my, do not. Okay, so for my very first question. Okay. Okay, what was the hardest part? Of being a stepmom in the beginning. In the beginning? In the beginning, what was the hardest part of being a stepmom? The hardest part? The There's very like hardest. There's like three things that come to mind right So away. name all three. But name, what do you, out of those three, what do you think your would be the ex, hardest? Dealing with your ex. Dealing with your ex was the hardest part. But as far as um, being a stepmom, it was a teenage daughter because I had two boys and they were nine and wait, eight and six when we got together and little Josh was nine. So to a boy for me was no big deal, but to get thrown into a teenager and a teenage girl on top of that, that was really, really hard. And then on top of that, um, dealing with the guilt of trying to love your children and show them that I'm going to be a consistent person in their life and they are safe with me and things like that. I neglected, I think in a lot of ways, my own kids, I, um, took them for granted. I took their, them being my children for granted. But why do you think that? Why did you feel like for you, you had to step up and make sure that my kids felt loved more importantly than your own kids? Because your ex <clears throat> is not an emotional person. She didn't love them. She is out living her own life, doing whatever she wants to do. Was not motherly? to them and like teaching them how to love them. And no matter what unconditional love is a lot of, a lot of people, not just his ex, it is a conditional love. Like I will love you and I will do for you if you do this, this, and this, or if you don't do this, this, and this, and all, all of our kids now, all four of our kids, I really hope they realize that. Yeah. I don't appreciate some of the decisions they make. I don't agree with them, but they never have to earn my love ever. And I will always be there. I will always, yeah, they're going to have to sit through. I've told my oldest this many times. You have to sit through a lecture. I know it sucks. I know that you don't like it. You're the one that broke the trust. You're the one that needs to put up with this and not have an attitude or make a comment. But, uh, it was because your ex really isn't loving and motherly towards them. And I didn't have a loving or motherly mom. And I know what that feels like growing up. And I know the damage it did to me when I got older. You knew me when I was 18. I was very reserved, like mm-hmm. pulled away emotionally, had no feeling, really didn't really cry or anything like that. And the only person that can really change that for people is God. I do want to say that. But a lot of it is the parental upbringing too. Like kids, 
count on their parents to make them feel safe. Did you feel like uh, you had to win my kids over in the beginning to win me over? Did you ever have that feeling? Uh, with your son, yeah. With my son? Yeah. But not with Jordan? No. No? Jordan is much more... Jordan is a girl, number one, and Jordan has all her own issues. You know, she grew up, she was 14 and she, as a lot of you know, Josh isn't biologically her dad. So she had a lot of her own issues, like wanting to be loved. So Jordan, I mean, she went wavered back and forth with that, like wanting me to love her, but then, you know, getting guilt from the other side. So then pulling away, but then coming back, then yeah. pulling away. Yeah. So little Josh is very stoic. I've used that word for him before. He doesn't seem to be starved for affection or really want it. And he is loyal. He is very, very loyal and without question to his mom. And it, he, he was much more into you and much more like a brick wall. So I'm like, you and him had such a really close bond. Yeah. And, um, I really felt like he needed to be one over too, because he was so protected and territorial over you that he even took that out on my kids, especially Garrett. So I really wanted to win him over to help try to bridge not only between me and you, but me and my kids too, because if anybody was going to stop that, it would be him. Do you feel that there was any, um, that you carried any animosity at all towards him or me because of the relationship that he and I had? I did in the beginning, um, in that one time. And I know that you're going to remember this where Garrett, when Garrett was younger, it kind of breaks my heart to talk about it now because when Garrett was younger, Garrett just wanted to be friends with anyone and everyone. You did. He, did. he, he can be friends with anyone and everyone now, but he doesn't really seem to like humans in general. <laughs> and so he, he gets annoyed with them really That's fast. True. But when he was younger, he literally wanted to be friends with every single person. He would walk up to strangers everywhere we went, everywhere, and just say, do you want to be my friend? Do you want to be my friend? Do you want to be my friend? And Garrett seriously was just so innocent. And, you know, his kids were had been exposed to more because of their mom, their mother. So they had been which I was too at a young age. So when you are exposed to things like that at a young age, it makes you grow up mentally quicker. And so my kids were both still children and mentally and his kids really weren't. And so Garrett's just bouncing around, bouncing off the walls, being a happy go lucky kid and, and having fun and everything else. I don't remember exactly what it was about. You may, but little Josh got very upset and like pushed him completely down to the ground. And in that moment, I could tell when we, when we first got together in that moment, I could tell it really hurt Garrett because he just wanted a friend. He wasn't there to, he's like, he wasn't there to try to be like, oh, this is my dad now. Like it, nothing like that. Garrett just wants to have fun and wanted to have a friend. And to him, it was fun. And uh, Mm -hmm. Josh wasn't having anything of it. So in that moment, in that moment, and specifically, I really was like angry like that kid is being such a little jerk and all that did it really make you feel like at that point honestly that maybe it was a maybe continuing in our relationship was really the right decision or not no i never questioned us i i questioned how hard is this going to be? Like, is this going to come to, is this kid ever going to allow me in? And Mm. if he doesn't, is this kid going to damage my kids with like bullying, things like that? Because you never know how much, like what's going to be happening behind closed doors. What helped I think is that you and I have always from the beginning overly communicated overly communicated about stuff. Excuse me. And so that helped. I think it could have, I think it could have turned into, uh, me not wanting to, because it was hard. And you and I talked about that and where it was like, he, Josh would come to me and say, I don't even know, like, if you're going to want to go through all of this, you know, to be with me. And I'm a pretty competitive person and I'm pretty stubborn person. So I'm just like, I will win. I don't like whatever, but it caused me to question 
about the kids. Will the kids be okay about this if we stayed together and how much animosity or what's the damage that possibly, like I go into damage control. Like, do we need to preserve my kid's innocence about Mm. stuff? Yeah. Because he was so grown up for his age and he was so stubborn and he was so angry in the beginning when you and I got together. Garrett was angry too, but that came later um, after he kind of started maturing a little bit. And I'd say differently too. Different. Came differently. And it was, that was more towards me. Yeah. Josh was angry at everything. And everybody. And everybody. When you and I first got together, he was angry. I think, you know, about how his mom was like, he wanted a mom and he wanted his mom. Yes. And he wanted his mom to be a mom. Yes. And it made him mad that I was a mom to my kids. And I think it just made him, you know, they're children. So they have all these grown up emotions they start feeling and they don't know how to process them. And then you being me, you know, Ron Deal says being the outsider, you, I come in and I, I experienced that as a kid. So I always wished, like, I wished I had somebody that would have sat me down and actually talked to me and allow me to say my honest feelings about things that were going on and really believe me, like how I was feeling. Yeah. So when I tried to do that, I mean, Josh, little Josh was having nothing of it and he really was angry at you. So, and you guys were so close. And so even when you tried that hurt you. So it actually made me more scared. I think that you would leave. Because you and his bond was so close. Yeah. I was more scared. Like if anybody was going to cause us to break up, not by my choice, it would be him and it would be by your choice because you weren't going to have you and his relationship suffer over a girl. Yeah. 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 I mean, the tension was real. I mean, it was, we went through it at what point though. And, and has it changed? Has that relationship with between your, my son, you and me and the dynamic of the family as a whole, has that changed over the years? That has completely 100, 180. When, okay, did 180 so, degrees. So two change. things that I want to ask you. When do you feel like it really started to really, the scale started to tip? Mm-hmm. And then number two, uh, what is it like today? You know, what are we, you know, 11 years in total, mm-hmm. you know, after 11 years. And they're adults now. I mean, they're they're not moved out, but they're college kids. Yeah. You know, it's 24 and 20 and 19 and the 24 year old, that's my daughter, but that's that she's 24. She's out and gone and she's pregnant and she, you know, she's, uh, she's married and stuff. So, but, uh, but number one, when do you feel like the, t- the maybe that when things started to really change with that whole dynamic? And then number two, uh, how does, how, what do you think that it is today? So I think our, as a unit, our family as a unit really started to change a while ago, like five years ago probably after like four or five years. So, and we've been together for 11. So like five or six years, probably a year after we moved into this house. Okay. And we really were pushing home. We did devotionals with our kids. So I think a lot of that was putting God at the center of it and having family fun nights. And you and I made our lives circulate around our children, like everything for them and about them and really made it like family unit, family unit and did everything when we had them, you know, as a family. So I think it was like five or six years ago. I think it made it difficult. It started to change because we were beginning becoming closer as a family. But any of you that have teenagers, we start being, you know, we started being really close as a family, but then at that same time, about five or six years in, it started being really good. And then all the kids started turning in besides Jordan. Jordan was is six years older than everybody else. Um, all the boys started becoming in their teenage years and the teenagers are very hard for boys. I've realized and bad. Yeah. So we, we were fine, but they were angry, but that's normal, you know, with teenager things. And now though, I think the relationship is better than it's ever been. He is very, very matured, uh, a lot grown up a lot even more since he's went away to college and he's very open with his affection i mean he doesn't say i love you to me so daniel if you're watching this don't worry and but that's my ex-wife he is very open with hugging me though and it's the looks it's like it's how you know actions speak louder than words So, and that actually means more to me than words. A lot of anybody that knows me, I do talk a lot, but I, I always back up what I say. I always, I walk the walk, 
not only talk the talk. And so people, it means a lot to me. If people tell me they're going to do something and they don't do it, I'm extreme about it. I really have to pull myself back Mm. because life happens. So people can't always say, oh, I'm going to do this. And then something happens and then they can't do it. Well, it's a big deal to me. Like if you, if you say you're going to do something, do it. And little Josh is just very, um, with his looks and just his honesty towards me and he just talks to me and hugs me and his actions say a lot. So, so you would say as a stepmom though, that your relationship has taken a basic, oh, complete 180. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, especially when it comes to him. Yeah. How about you and Jordan? Do you feel like it's ever developed more or do you feel like it's always kind of remained the same or? I think it's always remained the same. The so same? yeah. And it's, it's not, it's because, and I don't, I mean, that's, I, what you and I were talking about earlier, how like you can love people exactly where they're at. Yeah, I kind of am like that with Jordan because I was Jordan. So Jordan and I had different things happen to us when we were younger You know, I was molested. She wasn't things like that. But the root of all of those things were Jordan didn't know where she fit in and she just wanted to be loved and she just wanted, you know, hoped and dreamed like any, you know, child, especially girls that, you know, they have this beautiful hallmark family thing, you know, and that you grow up and you know that you're loved without a shadow of a doubt. So naturally as a person, she, um, will gravitate towards me and then she'll gravitate towards the other side and then she'll gravitate and then she'll gravitate towards the other side. So it's never, I think it's the same. It's made it difficult to take it to the next level. I would say. Yeah. You agree with that? Yeah. But it's also like easier now to talk to her about it. So she has matured, but she's going to be a counselor. So she has learned how to process emotions, I think, uh, in a logical way. So it is easier to talk to her about that now and be honest and she can be honest and it's not like it's, it's like a business meeting, you know, kind of. And, uh, so that, that's what has improved that you can be honest with Jordan about, and she can be honest with us, but she can, she's mature enough to process your emotions that you're talking to her about, about yourself. So, so if you would have to say there's any one thing, uh, that you probably carry the most guilt about, mm-hmm. what, what would that be and why? My kids. Explain. So when you and I got first got together, I think that I spent so much time trying to make us all come together. We've talked about this before, like microwave our family, you know, that. And Josh suffers with the same guilt. Like now looking back and now reading Ron Deal's book and it was too late, Ron. We got it too late. Uh, We needed to spend one-on-one time alone with our own biological children. And we didn't know what we didn't know, right? So I'm the only one that grew up in a, uh, like going back and forth between houses. My dad was married five times and my mom, you know, was with my old stepdad. Now I call them because she remarried, but I was an adult. So, uh, I'm like, I don't want to cause a divide within the home. So like when I would be at my mom and my stepdad's house, it was a obvious division that it was them against me. Right. So I was the outsider. My mom had remarried. They had their own kid and I was the one that was the outsider coming in. And it was obvious when I went to my dad's, it was hard because my dad had been married so many times, you know, it was like a revolving door of women and of marriages, I should say. And, um, you know, each woman typically had their own children or their own families. So I constantly felt like I was an outsider. So I, I, I thought microwaving our family would be the best and didn't want division. That was my biggest goal. No division, no division, no division, no division. When really looking back when you're first getting together with the family, you going and spending a time alone with your biological kids, not all the time, but like once a week or once every other week, you as the parent can help bridge the gap to help them feel safe, Mm. to help them um, want to embrace the blended family to help them know that it isn't going to fall apart too, because 
I didn't think about his kids' feelings or my kids' feelings, really, us getting together. Yeah. And now looking back and doing the research that we have and knowing all of these things and reading Ron Deal's books and other books and things like that, the kids are processing their own emotions and they're typically a year behind the parents. So it's like they're grieving. They're grieving the loss of their parents not, not being together. And then when we get married there, it's like more of a nail in the coffin that their parents will never get back together. Mm -hmm. And they have their own little feelings and emotions that they're trying to work through. And so my regret is not really allowing my kids, I feel like, a safe place to really express how they were feeling, but also to make sure they understood what was happening. Sure. Because, I mean, we've talked about it on a couple of podcasts before, like Graydon just said he's 17. When we were talking about when we got married, he was, that was in 2013. So, it was mm -hmm. a long, I mean, a long time ago. Long time ago. He's like, I don't even think I knew, I didn't know what was happening that day. Like, yeah, you I were already understand. married. Like, why are you getting married again? Like, doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. So, I would have taken more time. And that's what we want. I want other stepmoms to know, especially when... You know, I see so many on these posts and stuff that groups that we're a part of and these moms are like, I want to divorce this guy. His kids are jerks. Well, first off, I never thought that. So if you're a Christian, not all the groups are Christian, but if you're a Christian and you really are putting a God, God at the center of your marriage, that shouldn't be an option unless there's some form of abuse going on. Yeah. And so yeah. you should never want to divorce. You didn't go into it then. You went into it expecting like if it got too hard, you were going to leave. So that was never an option for me that I was going to leave. I was always scared that he was going to leave. And so it made us work harder. I don't know if you were ever scared I was going to leave. Yeah. Yeah. You were? Yeah, for sure. Still a little worried. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it would be the biggest regret, though, would be my kids. And now, of course, Garrett, especially, well, both of them. If I am like, hey, do you want to talk to me about anything? Like, did we screw anything up in the beginning? Is there anything that you'd like to get off your chest? They're like get away from me. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, it didn't impact them the way that it impacted you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's pretty normal. But now the damage is done. Like I see like Garrett will say like, I'm just not an emotional person. I'm a man. Men don't cry. But we can't connect Men those dots. We can't say that. So it could be for me, like not nurturing him enough <laughs> yeah, we can, when we he can, was younger. We can, it could be, we can chase that all Remember, the way down. I went to school for psychology, babe. Okay. Not, and it's I, proven I, scientific <laughs> facts. Kids. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. You need to work on your conclusions, woman, because that's no. not always the case. That is not always good. So other than making sure that we, you know, had time, if we could turn back the clock and we could say to ourselves. If I could turn back time. Okay. So if we could go back in time and we could, we could turn back these clocks and we can think to ourselves, you know, other than, you know, making sure that we spent time with our bio kids, what else do you wish that number one, we either started sooner mm -hmm. or that we wish that we knew before? Jesus. That's the number one thing. I wish we would have. Well, first off, if we put this in perspective, we wouldn't have gotten to, him and I wouldn't have gotten divorced if we would have had Jesus in the center of our lives. So when him and I first got together, we obviously didn't have Jesus in the center of our lives. And life. praise Jesus for that. <laughs> so we, that was something that you and I, because we each have our own walk. Yeah, with God that God puts us for. So I feel like, you know, we have had our own walk with God and our own progression through individually and through our relationship. But I really wish we would have found God sooner because I think it would have helped us be better parents. Well, I know he would have helped us be better parents, Definitely. but also given our kids a mm -hmm. foundational thing in the church to have a really good set of friends, but also have a youth pastor that they could reach out to if they were struggling yeah. and things like that. I wish we would have done that sooner. I think besides, you know, just all the things that we worked really hard at, our communication skills, all these things, if you notice that, you know, six around six, seven years ago is really when we started getting heavily involved in our church right now. Yeah. I was on staff. We started Celebrate Recovery. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of these things, Christ Centered, we really kind of springboarded. Well, Celebrate Recovery is four. We're going to be celebrating our fifth. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all kind of happened around the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's kind of amazing to see how, you know, that is a really good point. You know, once we just started not just deciding to make God a part of our life, but making him the Lord over our lives, mm -hmm. you know, we really saw some big changes. Well, and I stuff. think I'm a glad lot you brought of, that up. I think a lot of what kids, though, see, too, and I don't know if they thought this or not. I'm just trying to put it in my own perspective. Like you're together. Um, you get together. They're processing through their own emotions of it. And then halfway through. 
all of a sudden we're huge, like God and Jesus and blah, blah, blah. And to them, that's what it comes across. Like everything is God and everything is Jesus and all of these things. And I think as they get older, they could be like, why couldn't you have just done that before? If he was the end all say all, why couldn't you just went to Jesus before, before you left my dad or before you left my mom? Mm -hmm. Why couldn't my mm -hmm. mom and dad found Jesus together? If Jesus fixes everything, why? And, you know, they, they will go through the, whether they talk to you about them or not, they will go their, through their own questions in their mind about that. And the most comforting thing to me, though, when I think about it now, like I can beat myself up all about the guilt and all of that right now. But the most comforting thing that I found for me is that God had little Josh and Jordan and Graydon and Garrett be born to the parents they were born to for a reason. He knew what their story was going to be. Mm -hmm. He knew the screw ups that we were going to do in their lives as parents. And he still ordained them us to be their parents. So he has a specific plan and purpose for them. All I can pray for now is that if they, you know, that they aren't leaning into him as hard as they can, like they should be, which they aren't, that God gets a hold of them by any means necessary because God will be the most important because he made them and he will, he loves them more than we love them. So, yeah. And I think, you know, what you're saying is that, you know, what's been the core strength and producer of quality life is understanding how Jesus plays a personal role in your life. I mean, yeah. That's what you're saying. But it relieves my guilt <clears throat> because God knew all the ways I was going to screw them up. Yeah. True. And he still gave them to me. So it's like, he's not surprised by my screw ups. He already knew I was going to, yeah. they were going to happen. And so he, he'll take care of it. <laughs> he'll take care of it. If you had to suggest other than, you know, personal relationship with Christ, the Bible, if you had to suggest one single resource for a stepmom, one resource besides, tell, tell me why, tell me why you're getting emotional real quick before we move on. Cause I'm talking about my kids. Cause you're talking about your kids. Do you think that's guilt and regret? Yeah. Welling up? Do you think there's anything you can do about those things starting no. now? You don't think so? Mm. No. I'm tired. <laughs> um, no, I know that God will fix it. I think God has fixed it. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know Christy, Christy's extremely hard on herself about everything in life. And she uh, doesn't ever point fingers at anybody. She only points fingers at herself. And the one thing she doesn't do very well is forgive herself. And so, and I think a lot of stepmoms carry that ugly burden. They carry it not just, uh, you know, when you become a step parent, you now have a double edged sword. Am I loving my kids enough or am I loving his or her kids enough? Or too much. Or too much, right? Am I, what, you know, is there a balance in it? And, yeah. and you know, if there's anything that you can understand just, from Christy's emotions right now is that it's imperfect, right? She could have done more for her own kids and done less on the other side. And this all could have ended up exactly the same and we don't know. Right. And so, you know, she said it just a minute ago, God knew all of this before and still put her in charge of all the things she's been put in charge of. And it humbles me. <laughs> yeah. Because it, I wouldn't. Have. No, of course not. Right. Yeah. But God knows, uh, your value more than you know your value. And I think there's, that's an amazing thing. And I think there is nothing harder than being a step parent because you, Christy has spent the last 11 years of her lives trying to, to be the best version that she possibly can be, not just for her own kids. In all reality, you have, but you also do it for my kids. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's a, that's a special gift. Uh, my kids have a very, I'll get emotional. It's a very special gift because my kids wouldn't have had that. They would have yeah. never been given that, you know? Yeah. So it is a double-edged thing when, especially when it comes to step parenting. Yeah. It's, it's being a step parent, which Josh is a step parent too, but being a step parent, if there are step parents on here, you know, it's very, very painful because, um, you love kids that hurt you. And it's so weird because like that never love you back. I should say that it's not that they hurt you, but they never really fully love you back. Not the same. Yeah. And like my mm -hmm. oldest son is very mean to me. Um, he's going through a phase right now where he just does not like me. Well, it's been a couple of years, so it's a long phase, but he just doesn't like me. And, but it's weird because <clears throat> I don't, 
it's different with your own biological child. It's really, it really is. And so then you struggle with that too, as a step parent, like, am I giving the same unconditional love to my step kids that I am my biological kids? Because I want to, am I allowing my biological kid to really like hurt me in a toxic way now that they're going to be 20 years old in mm. a few months that it's just codependent and allowing them to walk all over me and hurt me. Um, in an unhealthy way, but I wouldn't allow, you know, my stepchild to do that. So it's a huge struggle with that. And the only person that really in the midst of all this, I'm listening to an audible book right now that I've had referred to me by a lot of different women. I just started it last week called get out of your head. And it is, you know, it talks about struggles and toxic thoughts like that, which I think everyone struggles with to a point. I think step parenting just adds another layer to that because you already struggle with so many bad thoughts as a parent in mm. general. Yeah. Like I'm not being a good enough parent. I'm not being good enough this. And then add so many different dynamics of emotions when you're a step parent, because it's like you want to love them completely. Like you do your own kids because that's how any child deserves to be loved. And I get that from my own personal experience because I wasn't. So I think every child deserves to be loved in that way, but then they hurt you and you kind of recoil yep. for a minute. And then you have to like process it through and you have to pray to God to please, you know, keep my mind open and keep my heart open like you would want it. And then you go back and you go back and you deal with it for so long and then you recoil again. So it's just, it's very emotionally draining, but it's worth it. Like we've been together for 11 years and, um, I really feel like our, family is as strong as it could be yeah our kids are very 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 close they all are yes yeah they all that's are. why i said kids yeah i'm just saying they all are which yeah. is you know pretty unique i think yeah you know it's when we get together and we go out and we do things as a family it's really hard for us to not automatically all draw together yeah. and just have our own thing go on it's really hard for us because yeah. we all enjoy each other's company so much and we have so much fun and like being around all of all of each other together that it's really hard. So we have to be very careful now. And that's a great thing because God has really strengthened the bond in that. And he's done it through us. He, he, he has. I mean, he's done a miracle in our own lives. Well, and a lot of our kids too, our four kids are so close too. I don't want to just completely taint Jordan. Um, our kids are very, very close because of Jordan. Like Jordan took it upon herself because like I said, I just can relate to her. She's a great um, big sister. Yeah. I just can relate to her because she was craving love so much when she was younger that she's like me. She wants to make sure that everyone is taken care of for and protected and they feel loved and special. And she made it a point as a, uh, she's six years older than her <clears throat> brother, little Josh, and then seven years older than Garrett and nine years older than Graydon. She really she really went out of her way. I mean, from the time she was 14 to really, she never alienated my kids. She didn't. It was me. But it's, she really has drawn them boys all in. She's made yeah. it a point to do special things for each of them. And all of them absolutely adore her and yeah. love her. She, she, um, she, she is a blessing in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Stacey. Stacey says you have made a wonderful, a wonderfully close family. It's very clear to see. We appreciate that. Uh, Stacey is Christy's best friend. If you don't know that. And, uh, she loves, she we've loves been on me. vacations she's together. She's a little biased. Yeah. Well, we've been on vacations together and stuff and people can see the dynamic that we, you know, we really pour heart into our family and stuff, but you know, Christy is, is a lot of things to our family. And I think a lot of people see that and Christy doesn't always get to see it, you know, as not just as a mom, but also as a stepmom, she's an incredible leader to our family in that way. And, uh, you know, there is so much fruit now that gets to be shown because of it, you know, and it's not always the fruit doesn't always happen in the areas that you yeah. desire all the time or in the ways that you desire. But, uh, I know I'm thankful and grateful, uh, for the skills and the love and the openness and stuff that you've given my family and, you know, yeah. that now we can say is our family. Yeah. Because I never think twice about it. And you mentioned, I mentioned earlier before we got real emotional about uh, a single resource. Now you mentioned this book that you're listening to right now. So um, we'll see if we can't oh, make sure we, repeat we leave a link on that. But but if you could tell a step mom, a step mom, what is a single resource that you think would just be a benefit to them at any any process or any spot in the parenting, step parenting um, 
time frame, but what is a great resource that you would suggest? Besides a person? Because I would say a person. Who? A step, another stepmom that's farther along than you. Okay. It's no different than, to me, it's no different than Celebrate Recovery, right? So it's like, once you've recovered, you should be even helping the people that are two steps behind you, not in a prideful way, but to help show them the way and to help encourage them when they're falling. But it's the same thing. Like I should have someone that's two steps of me, the mm. same thing. So it's going around. So kind of like a step, step mom mentor. Yes, I do. And you need to make sure they're, you know, they have biblical, just because a person goes to church and says they're a Christian doesn't mean that they're going to, is it their first go-to thing to give you biblical advice mm. when you go to them out of, are they an emotional thing? Are they going to be like, yeah, let's go get the pitchforks and in the fire and, you know, burn that place to the ground and you should leave him and he doesn't tend to your needs. That, that isn't what God would want. So you need to find somebody, another step parent that would be able to look at you and say, yeah. what would God want? What would God want in this situation? It yeah. is hard. No one's trying to say it's going to be easy and God's not going to make it easier for you. He does expect you to go through it, you know, and because that's how we get stronger. You know, God isn't making all pansy whamsy Christians here that are out fighting this fight for for heaven. He he's making us strong. And the only way we can get stronger is going through trials. I'm sorry. That's just life. It's true. And you have to be able to the single besides Jesus and the Bible, I think the single most greatest resource would be to find another stepmom mm. that okay, if you're a lady, you should not find a stepdad. No. And if you're a stepdad, you should not find a stepmom. That's probably how you ended up in a step situation in the first place. That might be. <laughs> so you should find another stepmom that would give you biblical advice and speak the truth in love. I think you. that's a great resource. See, and that's amazing because I was thinking a book or a video or something along that line. So I'm glad that I asked that question. Uh, two questions left. Okay. 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 Besides the resource, mm -hmm. uh, a struggling stepmom. Mm-hmm. Uh, what advice would you give her? She is ready to call it quits today. She's had enough. So I would like for you to reach out um, to me and tell me what your story is like to get encouragement about it because our story is we went through everything that you could think of. Like it was very, very, very difficult, but we hung on to each other and we really did have open communication and we were really willing to go through the fights. We didn't expect that there wasn't going to be fights. We knew there were going to be fights and we already, we went to them prepared to be respectful during them and to encourage one another. And if you're getting ready to call it quits, I really, I really do believe it's because you probably haven't been in your Bible enough. You haven't been praying enough. And you've allowed the world, which is Satan's goal, to distract you and pull you away from him. And we all struggle with that, right? That's why we need mentors and things like that, because we slide back naturally. We're imperfect creatures that have a sinful nature already built into us. So it's our sin nature that pulls us away from God. It's not just the devil. It's our own sin nature and our choices that do it. So I think we get blinded by it. I think we go down these spiral paths and... uh we think we're too busy or we have too much to do and a lot of, and sometimes that's even serving in the church it's it's like oh i don't have time to do that right now or to pray right now because i got to get to the church and i have to do this and this and this and i have to be this for this person and i have to go mentor this person and you haven't been taking the time to be quiet and god really says be still and know that i am god mm. be still and quiet and meditate and listen, even if it's one Bible verse that you look up, like unconditional love, look up a Bible verse on it and you just sit there and you just pray and you don't pray for God to change your situation. You don't mm. pray for God to change your kids. You don't pray for God to change your spouse or your stepkids. You pray for God to change you and your heart and to change your perspective on it and to humble you and to approach it with love and grace and a different a different his eyes not your eyes yeah. and you need somebody sometimes to help you start that process people don't typically start working out and become awesome bodybuilders all by themselves through the whole through the whole journey 
That's not what happened. True. But yet we don't talk about that stuff with mental health or we don't talk about that stuff with struggling and struggling in a step family is all about mental fortitude. And especially if you're a Christian, you are getting it from all sides. The devil already broke up your marriage once. Yep. Your family once. <clears throat> and he's definitely not going to leave you alone, especially if you're putting God in the middle of it now. And you have to, you have to be strong. And one of the ways of being strong is having someone to help you and remind you of what you're worth and, um, what God says you're worth and maybe where you're lacking. And that's what a lot of people don't want to hear. Like, I don't want to hear, oh man, I was in my Bible for a month straight every single morning. I was praying. I was so awesome. And then I have one crazy week this past week and I haven't gotten in my Bible once. And guess what? I'm worse off because of it. Like I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I'm just gonna, I can do this. God loves me anyway. I should know my worth. I shouldn't have to read the Bible to know my worth, you know, all that stuff, but it's not about that. It's about him calming my soul to take on the day. So, yeah. So I think the value in that is if you're on the edge of calling it quits, you cannot bring yourself out of the quits alone. You can't no. do it. Mm -mm. In reaching out to Facebook groups where there's women with pitchforks and knives and ready to slaughter their own spouses is not going to help you. It's going to make you feel justified in your feelings, but it's not going to help you get out of where you're at. So, you know, you can always um, PM us, right? Personal message. You can always do that here on Facebook. Christy would be happy to help offer any type of guidance. Uh, if there's any professional help nearby, counselors and stuff, I would ask that if you do reach out to a counselor, that you ask them if they have any type of experience with blended families because it's a very specific issues. So, uh, yeah. you know, I would really suggest those things. So I think what Christy's saying is great because there's a lot of stepmoms right now that feel like just wanting to give up and there's nothing worse. It's going to make things worse than giving up because giving up is not the answer. So. And if you're going to social media to vent you're going to find lots of people to justify your feelings there. And the one person that you need to justify your feelings is God. And he's the only person that will truly convict you. And you know, you know, in your heart, like what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And that's why a lot of times we go to, you know, people that feel the same as us because we want them to validate our feelings so that we can feel better when we make a decision that goes against what God's will would be. Yeah. And so you really need to pray and meditate, get in his word and then say, okay, please open the door, open my eyes to something that, uh, I can get guidance on to be able to stay where I'm at, to be able to strengthen for me to be able to get through this season, not for me to, to give me permission to call it quits. Okay. For the very last question. Okay. I'm ready. Brand spanking new stepmom. She's got the rose colored glasses on. She's going to give everybody, uh, turn everybody into vegetarians, cloth diapers, Yeah. right? Everything's going to be hunky dory. She's going to be best friends with uh, the husband's ex. Everything's going to be great. Mm -hmm. What do you believe would be great advice for her? I hope that you're right. And I hope that it stay. I really do. And because I never want to be one of them cynical people that I'm like, <laughs> that will never happen. And cause it's not true. Like it, but life happens. So what I can tell you without, without fail, there will be a fight. <laughs> it, it, you fight with your best friend. Okay. So, and then you guys come back together. So you are going to fight, have a fight with the ex. You are going to have a fight with your spouse. You are going to have eventually your kids and your step kids buck a little bit that it's, it's going to happen. So what I ask you is that is great. Have the expectations as long as you're doing them through biblical principles, have the expectations that God is going to take care of you and it's expectant and everything's going to be hunky dory. That's what he wants us to believe. He wants us to believe the best in people, yeah. but also be prepared because the Bible also says that the knocks will come. And when the knocks come, to look at me and focus on me and focus on my face. And so I really, really, really hope that when you do start getting them knocks, you don't emotionally respond to those things about what you think is right and what you think you deserve and what you think your family should not have to put up with or should have to put up with. You need to pause. You need to pray. And you always, always, always need to remember that the kids are in the middle. No matter what you think about their parent or your, your own ex, 
they're in the middle. So you need to keep your mouth shut a lot. So you need to die to self. And that's what God would want us to do. So, and I, I, I love you for that. I, I think that's awesome that these new moms, new stepmoms think this is amazing. I have like this instant family. I got remarried to the love of my life and I got two bonus kids now out of it and four mm -hmm. bonus kids, whatever. And you are floating on cloud nine. Enjoy it. Enjoy it while it's like that. That's, I mean, don't be the person that's expect waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm that person. Right. And so I've really tried to work once I got into my forties, I've really been trying to be present and to really enjoy the moments and, and, and take like mental pictures of them when they're there, but don't live in la la land and think you're never going to have trials because you will. Yeah. So I think it's important that we end this with saying that stepmoms are underappreciated. They yeah. are, they are. And the, the, the people that's going to make the biggest difference in their lives is the husbands of these women. They have to deal with our exes. They have to deal with our children. And it's our job as men to step up in our families and to make sure that they feel loved and appreciated and the queen of our lives, not just our homes. And it's understanding that uh, we have a, a crucial uh, role to play in, the, in their lives to make sure that they feel this way because they're doing the best that they can, you know? And we have to have some type of understanding, men, as we love these women because these women really are giving our families, us, our children, and everybody else, they're trying their best to make it work. So appreciate them the way that they deserve to be treated because it's it's hard. Step families is hard. It's not the way God intended it. So well, we have a big mess that we have to try and, and adjust and keep clean each and every day. And it's hard. I think, too, you need to be reminded, like today, mm -hmm. I'm in leadership and I love leadership. I'm very passionate about leadership. I take it very, very seriously. And always I'm looking for ways to be better for the people that I serve. And this morning, okay, I had a very long night. I worked really late and uh, I don't do well without sleep. Some people are amazing at it. They're superheroes to me. Okay, that's not me. And so I'm getting up today and I am just like, uh, I just want to go sit in an office, close the door and be by myself all day long. And I just, and then I start telling myself, I'm allowed to have a bad day. I'm allowed to have an off day. Okay. And I, you know, manage a bunch of grownups. They should be able to deal with me having a bad day. And quickly, just like that, though, the Holy Spirit convicts me and is like, you asked for this responsibility of leadership. So whether or not you're having a bad day, whatever attitude that you take into the day, that is what your employees will take on. That's what they'll mirror. And so if I go in having a bad attitude, it's actually going to make my, my day worse because then that means all my employees are going to take on that persona. And that's how parenting is. Like, I know that's tough love kind of, but you chose to have kids. And now you also chose to marry a person that has kids that aren't your kids. And you have to take that responsibility seriously. It does. It doesn't matter what, how you feel or what you feel entitled that you should be able to have. Your kids look to you to show them how you need to handle being tired or handle the world. And if you, you're not perfect, if you screw up, you need to show them how to apologize and have good character. And that's what I think a lot of times step parenting needs to be referred to is leadership. Like you are a leader. It's your responsibility to set the tone, uh, for the family and for the kids. Mm -hmm. And you need to take that seriously, no matter how you feel. You really need to take that seriously. So, yeah, we appreciate you guys being here. If you've made it this far, you know, we uh, to help us out a little bit, maybe you can hit the share button. We'd really appreciate that. But the stepmom perspective, it's a tough one, but it's one that we need to hear more about. about. Yeah, it's more that we need to hear about. It's more that, you know, as husbands, we need to appreciate the work that our step or our step are the stepmoms in our lives, our, our wives take on and appreciate them. So thank you so much for being here and love. Thank you for sharing your heart with us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Always. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bye.